letting go of a relationship requires tough conversations. It requires being able to be honest with yourself, but also be honest with other people about things that they may not want to hear from you. Um, And if you're a recovering people pleaser, if you're a recovering perfectionist, if you are a normal human who just wants to make people happy and not want to upset them, then letting go of relationships is something that you may shy away from. everyone, Emily Abadi here coming to you from the AG studio. You are listening to another installment of Hurdle Moment from Hurdle, a wellness focused podcast where I connect with everyone from your favorite athletes to top experts and industry CEOs about their highest highs, toughest moments, and everything in between. We all go through hurdles in life. And my goal through these discussions is to empower you to better navigate yours and move with intention so that you can stride toward your own big potential. And of course, have some fun along the way. Speaking of fun, (laughs) you know, it's a lot of fun seeing that hurdle has finally crossed the 5 million downloads threshold. I'm like giving you a round of applause. You just, uh, you just can't see it. Anyway, I'm amped. I'm amped. I'm so happy. I'm so grateful. And I love bringing you these conversations week after week. So feel free to give a little love to the show over on the socials. You know how to tag it. It's over at Hurdle Podcast and I'm over at Emily Abadi. I digress. What we're here to talk about today really is letting go of relationships. Such a hard thing to do. And that is why I'm calling in reinforcements. Today's conversation I am having with Yasmin Cheyenne. She is a self-healing expert, a mental health advocate, and she's launching a new app, which we'll talk about in today's episode on February 22nd. And it is called the Sugar Jar Community App. It's going to be a safe space to develop self-awareness, learn boundaries, and find tools and resources to undergo your own healing. Honestly, wow, such, such a good idea. And we also talk about what goes into making that app, but specifically letting go of relationships. We talk about both friendships and romantic relationships in today's episode, when to know when you should let one go, how to go about letting it go, what you need to do on your side, regardless of whether you were the person to initiate the fact that this relationship needed to dissolve or not, and how to best move forward. What coping tactics can you use? What lessons can you take from these hard moments? And again, I will reiterate that moving away from relationships, especially when they had a valuable place in your life. It is truly, truly difficult, but hopefully with Yasmin's tips and tricks, the next time won't feel so difficult. With that, let's get to hurdling. Today, I am sitting down with Yasmin Cheyenne. She is a self-healing expert, a mental health advocate. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm so good. I'm so happy to have you back on the show. I'm happy to be back. It's been no time at all, but also a really long time as we were just like <laughs> laughing about the fact that we're recording this on Tuesday and here we were thinking we were about to go into the weekend already. <laughs> I know. And I would imagine it hasn't been a year since we last talked, but it does feel like it. Time flies when you're having fun. Give us a little lowdown on on what you've been up to. What's going on in your world? 
Oh my gosh. So I today I actually started the launch for my new app, the Sugar Jar Community app, a hub for self-healing workshops, video workshops, audio meditations. I'm excited. What an undertaking. I know. First of all, congratulations. <laughs> I feel like there you. are probably people listening to this right now that may be interested in starting their own app. So while we won't make this like a, a lengthy discussion, I would be really curious as to like what your first steps were when it came to getting the ball rolling to creating your own app. First of all, I love this question. Okay. So I... The first step was finding a developer that really uh, aligned with my values and all of those things. And honestly, the second step is budget, because let me tell you, um, depending on what kind of app you want to create, it's going to take some investment. Um, and so once you're clear on those two things, the third step in my, and this is like the, the, the fast track, but save money, in my opinion, steps. Get really clear on what your community wants from you. A lot of times we think, oh, it would just be really cool to own an app that does all these things. And it's like, are you creating an app that people are going to want to buy? Are you creating an app that's save, solving a problem? Um, is this something that's going to, you know, be aligned with what you already create in the world? And, and those help you have a, more clarity when you're working with your developers on what they're going to create for you. Um, and so it makes the process a lot more fun when you know up front why you're doing this. But the development process of an app, um, if you find the right folks, which I, I loved my folks, I worked with a team called Annie Cannons, um, but they were absolutely amazing. If They just handheld me through the entire process. So it's been a year and a half in the making. Yeah. Wow. Well, again, congratulations. I can totally relate to you on a lot of your upfront steps here. Uh, while I haven't, you know, built an app or anything yet, uh, definitely going through like a website redesign had a lot of the same parallels for sure. And being clear, not just on how much you're, how much you want to spend, but also like what you want it to look like and what you want to offer. And then all the legwork that goes into oh creating the content that yes. goes in the app and making sure that you can act on those deliverables. It's it's a big undertaking. So yeah, congrats to you. It's so <laughs> exciting. You. The official launch date, February 22nd, right? February 22nd on Apple and Google Play. So yeah. Amazing, amazing. Well, we will make sure to share all of that information once it is live. But today, you and me, my friend, we are here to talk about letting go of personal relationships. It, it's a hard topic. I would mm -hmm. say. Mm -hmm. And it's definitely conversation that I think is important to have here on the feed because I do have some other really great chats about making friends as you get older and also like how to have boundaries within your relationships. But this letting go of personal relationships, again, can be just especially difficult. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants to be the bad guy. <laughs> Nobody wants to be the one to say this isn't working anymore, or nobody wants to be the one to say, if I knew who I really was, I would have never chose this. You know, letting go of a relationship requires tough conversations. It requires being able to be honest with yourself, but also be honest with other people about things that they may not want to hear from you. Um, and if you're a recovering people pleaser, if you're a recovering perfectionist, if you are a normal human who just wants to make people happy and not want to upset them, then letting go of relationships is something that you may shy away from. Um, we do everything in our power to try to make things work that are obviously over. 
but it's the healthiest thing that we can do. So we have time, space, and energy for the relationships and things that do matter to us. Um, but there's a process that I'm sure we're going to talk about over the next yeah, yeah, minute. For sure. So, I mean, I was reading some research before we hopped on here. And a lot of the research shows that contrast to what we may think to be ideal, a lot of friendships, you know, they seldom last forever. There is some sort of a natural wax and wane as you go through different life moments. So I think firstly, why don't we talk a little bit about when there may be a time that you realize that you need to let go of a relationship, whether it be a friendship or perhaps, you know, a more intimate relationship. Yeah, I think it's important to start being curious about the energy you have when you're in that relationship. For example, if someone invites you to go to a dinner or an event, are you feeling excited when they say when you're when you're getting ready to go out with them? And granted, I know a lot of people who are introverts are like, I never feel excited about going anywhere. This is not <laughs> that kind of thing I'm talking about. I mean, are you excited to meet up with them or are you already planning what you're not going to share because you're, you know, that they have a tendency to say things that are hurtful or, you know, another thing that's really helpful too. Can you celebrate with them? Not just their stuff, but your stuff. I have found, you know, in working with clients and doing workshops and things like that, that most people do not feel comfortable telling their friends when they have something, a lot of their friends, when they have something exciting going on because they are nervous about one, bragging, but two, that they don't find that people around them can celebrate them. And a lot of us do have connections based solely on our trauma, our triggers, or the tough parts of life versus also being able to grow out of those um, connections into something more. That is, I'm celebrating your life. I'm celebrating your wins. I'm celebrating your marriage. I'm so. Lastly, are, is your friend um, or are your friends able to be there for you when they are having a tough time? And let me give you an example of someone I just spoke to about this. Um, their friend has went through a breakup. The breakup was like two years ago, but they're still grieving the breakup. And it takes time, right? It takes people however long it takes. But this friend is getting is engaged now. And the friend did not respond to the text. And then when they did respond, and I'm sharing this because it was on a public forum, um, and when they did respond, they said, I just can't believe, you know, you shared this with me when I'm going through this right now. And so there are times where you might be going through something that feels like a personal attack to your friend that really is just you living your life. And I know those Mm -hmm. may sound like very specific instances that don't happen all the time, but with everyone that I talk to, there are things that happen where if the friend that you have or the people in your life don't think it's important to you, you didn't get that promotion, you know, you your, your, your boyfriend or your partner dumped you, um, you said the wrong thing in a meeting and you were embarrassed. If people can't be there for you through the ups and downs, asking yourself why you're still there um, or in what capacity do you want to remain there is really important. Yeah, it is really important. And Oh, that example of getting engaged and how could you rub this in my face? I mean, I think that we have to touch on that kind of response, right? Because I'm sure that for that individual, it was so disheartening for her to hear that from someone that she had at least at one point considered a friend. But 
not just with that instance. In general, oftentimes it takes that step back for us to understand that these responses that can be so truly hurtful to us Mm -hmm. in the moment, they really don't exactly have anything to do with the thing that we came to them with in the slightest, but rather everything to do with that person and what they're going through. Absolutely. I mean, the person who is going through the thing uh, is projecting their own emotions and their lack of being able to move on through this really tough thing that they experience onto the friend. The friend was sharing their engagement because anyone and everyone would share their engagement. They're excited. They're engaged, not thinking. Um, And then another thing that I think is really important too that begin to come up for this person is that their first thought wasn't, I can't believe they said this. Their first thought was, I've held your hand through this two years of the breakup and now I've finally found someone and you can't be here for me. And so asking yourself, you know, if you're in a situation, not necessarily that exact situation, but do you have, do you notice in your life I saw you talk about this, but I had a post that I shared a few years ago that was called I'm Not Your Strong Friend. And it talked about, you know, the role that we sometimes play in people's lives of being the one that's always reliable, that can always be counted on, that can always be there for everyone. When that strong friend, myself being a former strong friend, puts boundaries in place, relationships shift. Because sometimes people are in relationship with you because you are the strong friend. Sometimes people are in relationship with you because you do not have boundaries and they have an opportunity to get what they need from you. When you start also requiring support, not everybody is interested in saying yes to that type of relationship with you. And I think for this person, they were recognizing that they were that person for them, but that person was not necessarily equipped or had the capacity or interested in being that person for them. In your opinion, can you be the strong friend while also expecting people to be strong for you in return? Or do you think that being the strong friend almost is you kind of foregoing that level of perhaps like mutual acceptance and reciprocation? I absolutely think that when you hold the role of being the strong friend, you are often a person who is less likely to ask for help and also less likely to receive help. Um, Not because you don't want it. Strong friends are dying for support. Somebody please show up. But it's usually with a caveat and know what to do and how to do it a little bit better than me. (laughs) (laughs) It's also really interesting for you to say uh, as a recovering strong friend, can you just shed a little bit of light on that? And the point that I just made just now is because I know what it's like to be a strong friend. It's not that we want people to be better than us or that we think we're better than other people. People are usually strong friends because in their families, growing up in previous relationships, they've learned that they need to be able to be the person for themselves. I can't really trust a lot of other people. People have shown me that they're not going to show up for me. So you know what? I'm going to make sure that I don't need people. I just get to have people if I need them. But it turns out we're never really comfortable leaning into that vulnerable exchange of can you be there for me? So as a recovering strong friend, I have to remind myself that I can be strong for other people. If a friend is going through a death, if there's a grief, you know, this entire last three years we've been living in. Sometimes I am the person who's holding someone up who's having a hard time, but I recognize as a human that I cannot hold that all the time. I know how much capacity I have to hold space for that person. And then maybe at 8 p.m. my phone is off and I'm drinking tea or I'm drinking something. (laughs) I'm watching a show (laughs) and 
I'm not the strong friend for anybody right now. I'm just here for myself. But mm-hmm. also the other part of that is when I feel that pain and I'm recognizing that I need support. Yes, therapy. Yes, coaching. Yes, spiritual teachers. Yes, all of those things. But in everyday life, can I reach out to someone and say, hey, do you have a couple minutes to talk to me about this? I'm going through a hard time. And it does take time for your friends to transition into you needing them. There is a growth period that happens when you stop being the person always holding space for other people and start allowing people to hold space for you. And it can be disappointing when you ask people to be there for you and they're like, actually, I don't have time. I don't have space. But learning who the people are who can hold that space. Um, and and also, I just want to share learning how to allow yourself to be disappointed because when we don't allow people to be there for us, that's what we're trying to forego. And healthy relationships have disappointment as a part of them. Ah, woman, you're speaking to my soul. I just feel (laughs) this so deeply, so deeply. Okay, so you articulated here one of the reasons why a friendship may grow apart is because perhaps one of the individuals, and again, not just friendships, we can also, um, and perhaps maybe uh, specifically at a a point down the road here in our conversation, Mm -hmm. talk about romantic relationships. Mm -hmm. But you mentioned one reason why people grow apart, and that is because perhaps one person is coming to a better understanding about what their needs and boundaries are. Mm -hmm. What are some other reasons why friendships may need to kind of dissolve a little bit? Sometimes growth is a thing that creates space for us to separate. Um, Maybe we were friends because we partied together throughout our 20s. And now in our 30s, one person's still partying, one person's not. That is something I have definitely experienced. And I don't know anyone who hasn't. (laughs) Maybe we were friends at work and and one person thought it was more serious than it was. And then when you find a different job, they're not interested in continuing the relationship. You were just the work friend and you didn't know it. Sometimes when people get into romantic relationships or romantic partnerships, the type of people that they have around them or the space that they have changes. And so because their lives have changed, babies is another one that changes friendships. Sometimes they don't have the capacity. And so they've chosen the people that they've kept close and then other people they don't have close. Like there's so many different life stages. And I think also what we've all been experiencing with COVID over the last three years, people have grown apart. Some people will come back together because naturally uh, we haven't been able to keep up with people the way we wanted to. Um, But in that time period, people have changed. Things have changed. And so we may not have the same types of relationships or be interested in keeping the same types of people around us that we were interested in having before. And so I think giving ourselves permission to evaluate the relationships that we have. I don't think that they necessarily even have to always let go and end. They may transform from being a close friend to just a friend that you hang out with sometimes. They can always be Mm. someone you care about. They don't have to be someone that's like in your arsenal of people that you turn to when you want to hang out or when you want to do something. Um, And that's okay. I think that recognition of the role, right? Mm -hmm. That can be really challenging, especially when let's say maybe their interactions with you are downgraded when mm-hmm. you go from being friends that talk regularly and do things regularly together to a space where maybe you don't talk for a month or two and then you catch up or maybe you don't talk for even longer periods of time. Mm-hmm. Getting to a place where you can have grace with that transition can be really, really challenging. Absolutely. Because you're thinking like, what did I do? <laughs> 
Like that's the natural response. People are thinking, did I do something wrong? Do you, you know, do you not like me anymore? We go back to the playground, right? Do you want to play with me? Are we friends? Like we go back to that place because we want to belong and we, we, we have a connection with someone and it's absolutely normal to feel those feelings. I've definitely felt them. And I think that's when we are invited to have a conversation and say, hey, I just want to make sure that everything's cool. Or maybe you don't even have to have this conversation. You say, hey, do you want to h- hang out? Can we uh, yeah. chat on the phone um, and, rec- you know, catching up with them before we create that story about why we're not talking, catching up with them and seeing, hey, maybe they've been going through something that they're not interested. They, they're not able to keep up with me in the same way they were before. Um, and also, maybe you can't keep up with that particular friend that you want to. Are there other people in your life that have the time and space to hang out with you? Sometimes we kind of like pinch hole people into, I want you to be the person who's here for me right now. You have to allow people to decide whether they can be there for you. And it's really tough, but it's a part of adulting. (laughs) Totally. It is. It's super, super tough. And you touched on something that I think is another difficult point. And that is knowing when to have a conversation about what's going on versus perhaps choosing to let things just be. That can be the most soul crushing moment because perhaps one person wants to have a conversation and the other person doesn't. And then you have to ask yourselves, like, what is it that we owe to this relationship or do we owe this relationship anything? So can you maybe give some points or tips about how to navigate that sticky place? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's important to ask yourself, like, who was this person to me? Let's start there. Like if we think about, was this just a coworker friend that you went to lunch with a couple of times a week at work, but you really didn't have any interaction in each other's lives? We've never met each other's families, et cetera. Perhaps we don't need to have a conversation when you leave your job about what that relationship is going to look like afterwards, right? We see if it stays together or naturally falls apart. We all have relationships like that. But if you think about like, you know what I've been thinking about lately? Um, everybody might not watch this, but and just like that, the new Sex in the City. Oh, I watch it. I'm here so, with you. Okay. Sam, she's not here, right? So if you don't watch the show, I'm sorry, but Samantha it was a part of a friendship of four women who have been friends for decades. They are what I would consider like family. Um, and something happened in terms of uh, Carrie and Samantha's relationship, and Samantha is not friends with the three of them anymore. They haven't had a conversation about it. Um, it seems like there was an argument, but then the relationship ended. The question that you have in that situation, um, and you see Carrie grappling with that, is how do I try to reach out? How do I try to, you know, make a bridge? She's trying to connect through funny things. Like I, I walked past La Perla the other day. I thought about it. You know, understanding that if somebody has put a boundary in place, which is what Sam did, like she put a whole ocean in place. If somebody has put a boundary in place and they're not interested in connecting with you, it's really important to allow people to set their boundaries and honor them in the same way we would want people to honor us. And it may seem really sexy. And it's so interesting that Carrie is doing that. Um, Again, I'm not going to go into it in just like that breakdown, but that she's doing (laughs) that because she's the type of person on the show, this character that is very much romanticizes everything. And so it may seem kind of romantic or kind to continuously reach out to somebody who has said they're not interested in being in a relationship with you. But actually, it's a boundary violation. And unless they are interested in talking, then you have no choice but to try to grieve and let go of that. And so I think it's important for people to recognize in real life when you had those situations happening, 
whether there was a disagreement or whether there wasn't a disagreement and the relationship is just growing apart naturally, ask yourself, what do I need to be able to move forward? Um, Do I need to have a conversation with them? So often, and this is a little bit off topic, but in romantic relationships, people feel like I need to have the closure talk. And it's like, do you? Or is this closure conversation actually a hopeful opportunity to reconnect? I always invite people to ask themselves that. Like, what is your real intention here? Oh, my God. My my heart feels this a lot. I recently was in a a really, I mean, it, it really broke me up. An unfortunate situation similar, I guess, to maybe what Carrie and Samantha went through, except there was no argument. And I said something or did something that hurt someone that I care about her feelings. And rather than having a conversation about the fact that I hurt her feelings, she kind of put the boundary up and she was like, listen, like I'm just focused on some things right now. This isn't serving me. Mm. And it was crushing. It was crushing because I felt and do feel like there's so much room for potential in that relationship. And I am still very excited to support her and wherever her life goes in whatever way that I can. But at this moment in time, she has made it very clear that she's not interested in that support. And Mm -hmm. so it is, you have to go through this period of, I would say, yes, grieving. I definitely grieved this. I cried walking down the street after getting off an Amtrak train in Washington, DC, but then also understand that you have to handle how this makes you feel on your own time. And that's not their real responsibility, which is so difficult. It is so difficult, especially again, when this happens with someone that you do have a special relationship with, but Mm -hmm. respecting their boundaries is important. Understanding that at some time, you know, maybe it will come back around and maybe it's just a time thing, but you never know. You never know. Yeah. You know, anytime we have loss, which is what letting go is, there's grief that shows up and grief can be scary because the, you know, we want, we don't want to experience the sadness that comes up with that, which is why a lot of times we're like, let me just fix this. Because if I fix this and we move past this and I don't have this emotion anymore. Also, we don't want to lose them. Losing them is, you know, it feels like with friends losing a part of ourselves, we have to be able to remind ourselves that there's still the potential for uh, reconciliation, but also if it doesn't happen, we have other people that can support us and hold us. Um, and it can be hard to not make those moments the center in like of everything that's happening in those moments, allow yourself to feel how you're feeling, grieve, talk about it. And then at some point, ask yourself how you're going to begin to give yourself permission to move forward by connecting with the people that, you know, trust and love and and are interested in continuing to be in relationship with you. But it, it's yeah. just like in the show, you know, there's always going to be those things. You walk past that place. There's a joke that's funny and you think of them and you know, this would be a p- perfect opportunity to call them or text them and say something and asking yourself, um, am I honoring their boundaries and my own by doing this um, is, is a really, it's a really brave question. Because we don't actually want to do that. We want to just act on what's coming up.
taking a break from today's episode to give some love to my sponsor, AG1 from Athletic Greens. It's an all-in-one daily scoop that you've heard me talk about many times on the show. And my love for it has, oh my God, it's been growing over the past three plus years that I've been taking this stuff. And that's because with AG1 from Athletic Greens, I know that I am starting my days off in the right direction. Like I said, an all-in-one daily scoop. It's got the antioxidant equivalent of 12 servings of fruits and vegetables. It's also got prebiotics, probiotics, adaptogens, and superfoods, 75 whole food sourced ingredients to help you feel ready to tackle whatever the day is going to send your way. With AG1 in my life, I feel more energized. My digestion feels better. I'm not going to lie. My skin, I feel like it's just, you know, it's thriving lately, but to each their own. Trust me, if you get in on the AG1 gang, you won't regret it. Head on over to athleticgreens.com slash hurdle. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash hurdle, and you're going to get some great stuff with your first purchase. You'll get five free travel packs as well as a year's supply of vitamin D. Again, that address, no code necessary, athleticgreens.com slash hurdle. Yeah, and I think what we're touching on here also is the important for closure within yourself. Like, yes, mm-hmm. closure can happen with someone else. It can happen with a conversation or perhaps it can happen with a face-to-face conversation. It can happen mm-hmm. with a phone conversation. Uh, maybe you get slow closure, which is putting like small boundaries in place and maybe you'll see them around. And then with time, maybe you won't see them around. But going back to the note of finding closure within yourself. I mean, there's a ton of ways to do that, which I'm sure that we can talk about right now. Uh, a, a technique that I have used oftentimes is writing a goodbye letter that is actually just for me. It's not, you know, a whole email that I'm going to send off into the universe and definitely not to that person, but writing down a letter to really recap like where I was with this relationship at this time. And why did I feel like it was good for my life? Why might it not be the right fit for it right now? And where perhaps down the line or what work can I do so that down the line, if it was to come back to me full circle, that maybe I could be a better friend in the future. I think that is so powerful. Um, I always, it's something similar that I share with clients when it comes to, you know, if there's a particular thing that keeps coming up that they're trying to grieve, writing a letter to themselves as they were at that time to reconcile with themselves. Um, Writing a letter, uh, a goodbye letter to them is powerful. Also, writing a forgiveness letter to yourself is really powerful. I think the biggest thing that we also experience with grief, especially something like this is, damn, like if I didn't say that, would I be here? And there's this, we can be really hard on ourselves. There can be shame. There can be guilt. And so when we write that letter of forgiveness, we're reminding ourselves, I never had the intention of this being what it is right now. And so I forgive myself for being human. I forgive myself for making mistakes. And I know that now that I don't want to recreate this in the future, but I also give myself permission to make mistakes in the future. And to, you know, because again, if you're a recovering perfectionist, there are lots of triggers that can come up when people call you out on your your stuff um, or share when you've hurt them. It can begin to become a, a cycle of really being hard on yourself, which isn't helpful when you're already going through something really hard like grief. 
Yeah. Yeah. And you said the word intention, which I think is a really important word for us to talk about just a little bit here. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just really interesting to me because when you're younger, you don't think about someone's intentions when it comes to becoming your friend. You think this person just wants to be my friend. But as we get older, it feels as though life gets just a little bit more complicated. And so do making these relationships and coming to them with a certain level of openness, understanding that they're as we've covered here so far, could be different reasons why someone intends to bring you into their circle. Yeah, that's such a powerful point because, you know, like I have a few friends, but one of my closest, my closest friend, we've known each other since junior year of high school. And oh my gosh, we are not the same people. We are not friends today for the same reason we became friends then in, in the lunchroom in high school. I think it's really important to revisit that intention. We didn't like sit down and say, why are we still friends? That's not how it usually happens. We, the things that we connect on begin to change. They, you know, dating, and then it was partying, and then it was motherhood, and then it was growth, and then it was therapy. And you may not be able to share all of these things with every single person. I do believe there are special people that come into your life sometimes that it's just a click and it, you don't have to have that uncomfortability um, that you have sometimes with every other relationship. But in in adult relationships and creating relationships as adult adults, intention is important for yourself. This isn't about the other person. Why am I creating this relationship? What about them has made me feel like I want to take this relationship further? What am I hoping to gain out of this relationship? And then also reminding yourself, I think this is always important. And it's not to be negative. It's just to be honest. Are there any red flags that I have seen that I am ignoring? Because I'm more excited about who this person could potentially be to me than I am about who they have shown me to be so far. This is also important Mm -hmm. for dating. And I know we're not talking about dating, but there's nothing more exciting than meeting a new person who seems like, oh, my gosh, this is the person I've been waiting to be friends with. This is the person I've been waiting to be parted with. We see red flags and we're like, I don't have time for that right now. I just want to enjoy this moment. And it's like, and do both. Enjoy this moment and also be honest with yourself about the fact that there's something you saw that you know is not in alignment with who you are so that you can have those conversations now and not down the line explode on them or yourself and realize this is a joke, you know? Um, And so I think it's easier said than done. I understand that. But really, it's and it's not about blaming yourself. This is just about curiosity with why do I connect with the people that I connect with? What is my intention behind these connections? And am I hope and when when I say intention, am I hoping that they'll make me feel full? Am I hoping that they'll make me feel safe? Am I hoping that we can have fun together? Am I hoping that they'll I'll finally feel loved because I have them in my life? Like though if those are the intentions you have, it's time to back it up a bit and and think about how you can give yourself those things. Do you need to talk to a therapist? Do you need to talk to a coach? Do you need to realize how you can, because you're already putting expectations on those people, on those relationships that those people haven't signed up for. Our intentions in healthy relationships should sound something a little bit more like, I'm hoping to travel with them. They said they like to travel. I like to travel. We can travel together. This is going to be my travel partner. They're, you know, I'm dating them. They are interested in kids. I'm interested in kids. This sounds great. If you say I'm interested in dogs and they say they're interested in kids, most likely they're not going to be able to convince you for kids, <laughs> right? Like their intention for a partner is very different. 
And so being yeah. honest about that is important. To your point about it can be both, like you can have fun with that person in that moment, mm-hmm. but also recognize the red flags is so important, especially because it's easier to get at a point at the beginning where you mourn what someone could be and go through mm-hmm. those motions than it is to be, you know, two, three, four years into a romantic relationship and be like dealing with the frustrations that you had knowing that two, three, four years prior, you could have avoided this heartbreak if you were just willing to get honest with yourself. Absolutely. We say, oh, I loved that they were different back then. I love that they were different than what I usually look for. Whatever. You know, we tell ourselves these stories about why we want to connect. But usually the truth is we don't want to be alone. We're tired yeah. of looking. We're tired of searching. We found- And people don't have to be perfect for us. There doesn't have to be a checklist. But those red flags that you're seeing aren't in them. They aren't wrong. The red flags are coming up in you. They don't align with you. So it's not you trying to change them. It's you realizing that they don't fit with what you want unless you are willing to compromise and change something about yourself to meet them. So you're not being a bad person if you say, you're wonderful, but this isn't going to work. You're honoring yourself and you're honoring their time too. Because if you're if you're not being honest with yourself, then I 99.9% of the time, you're not being honest with them. And they think that what you, who they are is what you want. So there's confusion later on when you say, why are you doing this thing? They're like, this is the same thing I've been doing for 20 years. You didn't have a problem with it. Oh, I, well, I wasn't honest. And if you're listening to this and you're thinking, this is me. And I feel like I feel bad about the fact that I haven't been honest with myself. Please give yourself some grace and compassion because all of us lie to ourselves. So Mm -hmm. many of us betray our own truth in the name of what other people say we should do or what people want to do. And so many of us are trying to meet societal guidelines, get married by a certain age, have kids by this age, do this, do that. And we're ignoring our own red flags to meet those requirements so that we're validated, seen, loved, accepted, and belong. But really belonging to ourselves is the priority. And you might have to do a lot of things a little bit lonelier with the less people around you than you would if you just said yes to something that you know doesn't fit. Nah, I'm looking for that World Series kind of love. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) That is what I tell myself all the time in these lonely moments. I'm like, you have come, you have not come this far to only come this far. Mm -hmm. So settling is just, it's a non, it's a non-option for me. Something Mm -hmm. I do want to ask you about uh, when it comes to either friendships or romantic relationships is what happens when you may be in a situation where two individuals no longer feel like the relationship is serving them yet are part of a bigger thing where seeing one another is going to be something that happens with some sort of frequency. I'm not talking about, you know, every weekend you're at the bar and this person's there, but it could be that, or it could be just, you know, once every so often. Mm-hmm. How do you navigate that with this person? Yeah, I think this is so interesting. I always think about this in terms of like, uh, you know, celebrities that date each other and then have to go to an award show. Like we're thinking like you can't avoid, you're not going to not go to do your job because somebody you dated is there, right? So we're thinking about those right. kind of work, uh, a wedding, you have mutual friends. I think it's really important to 
recognize that you do not have to have a conversation with them about how you're going to show up in this space. I think this is the most important thing to mention because a lot of times, and especially my clients who identify as women, feel like I need to have a conversation with them so that everything is clear and they understand. And then I called their mutual friend and they helped me to understand, you know, where they are in their lives. Why? Like, why does your energy need to be spent on what's going on with that person? What would it be like to ask yourself, okay, I'm going to this event. I know I'm going to see a partner that I dated. How am I feeling? Do I need to bring a plus one? Could be a friend to, to help me, you know, feel like I have somebody to navigate the space with. It, did it end well? And I don't actually even need to talk to them at this event. Like the event becomes secondary and seeing your potential ex becomes primary in those situations. Allow yourself to not have to do the game of, uh, am I doing better than they were? Um, did I win the breakup game? You know, um, am I going to have to talk to them and we're going to have to catch up? Do what makes you feel comfortable. How would it feel to give yourself permission to show up and do what makes you feel absolutely comfortable and nothing more? You can always say hello. You can always be kind and you don't have to have any level of extended conversation that you're not interested in. Um, and I think a lot of this just comes from, um, again, wanting to connect, but also sometimes we follow societal rules about how we're supposed to how we're supposed to be in connection with each other after breakups that don't even really relate to what we feel and believe, but we just do it because that's what we, we just live in the cycle that we've seen other people do, or even what we've seen people do in movies. We, we, we're, we're doing the same thing, like, oh, I'm going to be like this person in that movie, you know, in that scene. Are you? Or could you just be you? <laughs> Are you though? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the piece of advice here is do what truly feels right mm -hmm. for you and don't run to have conversations that aren't really going to change the trajectory of what happens at this thing that you're dreading. Yeah. This thing will be probably an hour and a half and then you're going to go back to your lives and then you may not see each other until the next time this thing happens. And that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. That's okay. All right. What have we missed here? Is there anything that we should touch on before I let you go when it comes to letting go of relationships? Oh my goodness. I just think the last thing that came to mind was letting go of romantic relationships and moving forward. Um, especially when the partner you were with has like whatever your definition of successfully moved forward quotations oh. is right. Um, they are partnered now. They are married now. They are whatever. They finally opened the bar that you said they should open. Whatever it is that <laughs> they're doing um, and you think, did I leave too soon? It looks like they've changed. It looks like, you know, I think it's important to focus on yourself in breakups. I know that might sound wild because it's like the one thing we want to do is post-mortem on the mo from the moment we met them to the moment it ended and everything that they've done since. And I haven't dated since social media has been the thing, but I can't even, um, the, the seeing their posts and, you know, decoding them, like unfollow your ex. If you guys are not real friends, <laughs> I don't mean like, Oh, it's cordial. Like if you aren't in each other's lives still, why, why continue to have them as a part of your life? It's, if it's, causing you discomfort if it's not adding to you and fueling you. Um, but focusing on yourself, what do you want? What lessons did you learn from that breakup? What did you learn about yourself? 
How are you proud of yourself for no longer continuing a cycle that you did with the other people that took you a long time then, but now you realized it quickly and moved on? How are you proud of yourself for putting yourself back out there and dating? How are you proud of yourself from walking out of a date maybe that was just a sham and you know, you realized it in the middle? Like remembering how you are dating not to impress others, not to be seen by others, not to be validated by others, but you're dating because you're looking for some form of partnership, whatever that form of partnership is for you. Give yourself space to focus on you. And then when you meet someone, you can focus on them and still you and vice versa. Um, and both. And both. <laughs> the word of today is both. It's both. <laughs> Yes. Oh my goodness. It's such good advice. It's such good advice. And I also, we said it earlier in this episode, but when something just doesn't pan out to have that grace with yourself, I mean, everyone is going to take a different amount of time to navigate the feelings that you are natural to experience when Mm -hmm. you get out of a very important relationship. And so not feeling guilt or shame about the way that you need to do that, finding the resources that you need to truly process that. And move forward at a pace that feels right for you, not one that someone else tells you you should be moving in. Yeah. Even the articles, even the good podcasts like this, like if if I have said something that's like, "Mm, that doesn't resonate, resonate, I'd actually rather do this. Do what resonates with you. Allow this to be something that sparks your curiosity, not something that is, you know, rule. You have to follow exactly as it says it should go. And at the end of the day, Again, remember, you have value as you, as who you are, as what you're doing right now. So Mm -hmm. just because it's not aligning with someone else doesn't mean that you're a bad person. It doesn't mean that other people aren't going to appreciate your worth. It just means that maybe it wasn't the right fit. Absolutely. And that's completely okay. And I always am so thankful when that happens because I'm like, oh, I don't have to put my energy into that anymore. I can wish them absolute well and move forward. What a beautiful perspective and a hard one to adopt. A hard Super one. Hard. I allow myself a hard one to, to adopt. be angry and all of that and all of that as well. And then I get to, I wish them well <laughs> and I'm going to move forward. I'm going to move forward. Well, we're going to move forward. And I'm again, so excited for you and the launch of your app at the end of the month. Uh, let us know all the details. How do we make sure that we're following along with you? How do we stay in the loop when it comes to the sugar jar app? Give me the details. Yes. So the Sugar Jar app is going to be available, like I said, on Apple and Google Play. So you can just search the Sugar Jar community app after February 22nd. But also you can follow me on Instagram um, or get on my newsletter and uh, have access to all of the new updates and all the things happening there. All the things happening there. I'm over at Hurdle Podcast and at Emily Abadi. Another hurdle conquered. Catch you guys next time.